why do esports make great leaders? Esports athletes learn those same lessons. They learn teamwork, communication, resiliency, uh, persistence, hard work, practice. The team that right. esports well together wins basketball games together. Yeah, it's a continuation of their teamwork. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation, and welcome back to another great episode. Today, I have for you John Chapman, who is CEO of Play Versus. And he's co-founder of Everfy, which he actually led to a $750 million exit back in 2021. Now he's taking his deep knowledge and experience in the education industry and applying it to one of the fastest growing industries today, which is esports. Now, Play Versus is the leading amateur esports platform in the United States. And if you don't know what esports is, well, good grief, you need to know and you're going to find out today. And back to John, at his very core, he's always sought out mission-driven opportunities, and he's driving to get esports into the hands of as many as students as possible. John, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Great. It's great to be with you, Ben. Thanks for having me. So we have a few leaders out there who may not be as cool as us. Just <laughs> kidding. But we may not understand what esports are. They know what sports are. They grew I, up playing sports, watching sports. And now we're talking about esports. What is it? Why does it matter? Sure. Yeah. Esports are, as you mentioned in your intro, um, a rapidly growing industry. And at its essence, esports is taking traditional video game titles and creating a competitive atmosphere and event around them. So in other words, individuals either one-on-one -on -one or in group teams actually compete against each other playing a video game title. And whoever you know, finishes the particular game and, and how it's set up and how long they're playing that title, um, they win, they win that match. So it's very similar to if you were playing, you know, one-on-one -on -one tennis or doubles tennis or any other traditional sport, they compete as a team. Um, they're just playing things that they've long played all along, which are, which are video games. And everyone can certainly probably in your audience relate to that, have lots of uh, either themselves or uh, their siblings or their children who are quite enthusiastic about video games. This is a way for to take that, you know, gaming enthusiasm and turn it into really a traditional athletic outlet and to learn all of the great skills that you and lessons you learn from playing a traditional sport and doing it in a uh, in a forum using video games. So Everfy was an education based organization, right? Yeah. Based on the education industry. Yeah. You you saw your company and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not going, I'm I'm sort of staying in education, but really I'm going into this video game world. Yeah. What is your inspiration for tackling this? Yeah. So it's interesting, Ben. Like, I think that there are um, uh, more overlaps and synergies that may meet the eye between mm. um, what we did at Everfy in the education system or what we're doing at Play Versus. In many cases, because Play Versus, we operate the largest high school based scholastic esports competition platform in the United States. 
we're doing that through mm-hmm. schools. And at EverFi, you know, we worked with over 30,000 US-based schools um, in delivering what we used to call, uh, what we still call, I said it used to because I'm not there anymore, but what we still call at EverFi, delivering mm-hmm. the missing learning layer. So content around things like financial literacy, health and wellness, career preparation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we were working with schools all along mm-hmm. uh, at EverFi. And at Play Versus, we're doing the same thing. Uh, we're uh, working okay. With- you know, with schools, kids after school, teachers who ultimately are teachers who also are coaches for these sports. So there's a lot of overlap in terms of applying my work with schools at EverFi to my work at Play Versus. Wow. So similar um, people you're talking to at schools could be the same people you were talking to before, but right. now you've got a completely different service that you're offering Yeah, uh, around this. This whole esports idea, so a lot of listeners may on one extreme, they say, well, hey, I heard about Call of Duty, like the fighting games, the shooting yeah. games. Yeah. Then on the other end of the spectrum, they're on an airplane, and it's like a trivia game. Right. 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 It's like you're trivia and you're competing against people. Yeah. Esports, where does esports fall into that spectrum? Yeah, so so there's there's actually esports for all types of of games out there today that you can imagine, but some of them are, are more formalized than others. Um, Many of the titles, um, first of all, I I take one step back. This really interesting kind of thought that relates to what we're doing at Play Versus is esports is actually the only new sport because it's been really in in its formal stages for about 20 plus years, really Mm -hmm. kind of gained momentum in the last 10, um, where the the industry started with the professional ranks first. So if you think about uh, other traditional sports, you know, whether it be baseball or basketball or football, it took a while for folks to get good enough at that sport as they were learning it to form a professional league. In esports, it was the total inverse. Professionals started first because there were already millions of individuals who were really good at games and they formed the pro leagues. And then now the amateur, you know, competition layers are emerging after that. And so, um, yeah, so that's just an interesting thing to think about when we think about what the titles are. So, so in, in many ways, the pro leagues formed around titles that a lot of that were really popular. So um, there's popular games like, you know, League of Legends and like you said, okay. Call of Duty and other uh, titles that are competed for. Um, Halo is another title that's really popular over the last 20 years. These are all, you know, competed for on professional ranks. Many of those titles also our uh, kids compete on the Play Versus platform as well. So we have League of Legends. We have a lot of the Nintendo titles, you know, you know, Super Smash, Mario Brothers, uh, Mario Kart. Um, oh, Mario Kart. Yeah, absolutely. Man, yes. I'm, it's probably good they didn't have that when I was in high school. Right. Yeah. So we, we have too some, much time we, playing that. We have some intense competition amongst high school teams in our country around uh, Mario Kart. So, and then in addition to that, um, mm-hmm. we have, uh, titles like Rocket League, which you may not be familiar with. Rocket League is a game made by Psyonix, which is now part of Epic Games. And, you know, that is a, a crazy game where you're driving a car and playing soccer. It's sort of a, ma- a mashup um, wow. kind of fantastical world. But, it you know, it has that competition element to it. And it's really popular hmm. both professionally and in our amateur network within wow. Play Versus. And then the last category, I would say, in types of games that are that are out there are your traditional sports games that lots of folks are familiar with. Uh, you know, your Maddens, your formerly FIFA, now EIFC, mm-hmm. uh, NBA 2K, your NHL games, any of the traditional sports that have a video game associated with it. Often we are competing in esports as well. 
Um, oftentimes, every league, like you know, the NHL and the Premier League and the NBA, they have professional teams that compete in their video game title, and they crown a champion, like they crown you know a, a league champion of the traditional game. And so we also have those titles on our play versus platform. So um, it's a lot of fun to uh, to see those those things in motion as well. And so, what is the most popular esports game now for for high schoolers? I would say it's probably Rocket League, and some of our Nintendo titles tend to be the most popular. I'd say right behind it is probably the two sports titles I mentioned that we have, which are Madden and NBA Two K. So your your football and your uh, and your basketball ones. Why do esports make great leaders? So I think in many ways, I'm a big proponent as a CEO and a leader that individuals who had a chance to compete and participate in sports in general um, learn a lot of important lessons and and can Mm -hmm. apply those lessons to their leadership in a company or in the business world. Esports athletes learn those same lessons. They learn teamwork, communication, resiliency, uh, persistence, hard work, practice, you know, working on weaknesses, um, you know, uh, uh, leveraging strengths of your particular skill set in a game. All those things you could translate to, you know, cut and paste any other sport, right? And those are often lessons that I think make, you know, make individuals, you know, that, that individuals can apply to be successful leaders. It doesn't mean like every successful leader in business has has been a, a proficient and accomplished athlete. But I certainly think it helps. Um, and in my experience, you know, I've seen that 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 play out. You know, what one of the ex- great stories I'll share that that I've been thinking about lately uh, that relates to both traditional sports and esports, and it relates to some of the titles you just mentioned, um, is there's a young man here in DC. Um, and I say here because Everfi was founded in DC, and I still operate outside of DC where I live. Um, even though our the, the, our company at Play Versus is is, uh, is headquartered out out west in LA, uh, there's a young man named Taylor Frost who is a um, a student at Eastern High School in DC, and he won the national championship for NBA 2K last season. So at the end of every season, we host what's called the Play Versus Cup, mm. and we basically crown a national champion individual if they're playing one on one games or a team if they're playing multi player games in that game category and they and they earn a, a hard trophy just like any other champion that they can hold up and and and, and talk about now I'll, I'll send you some information on taylor after as we just wrote a, a nice blog post about him uh recently but he you know he won the nba 2k game so he, mm-hmm. he learned and 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 he is as proud of that as as anything uh, but he also plays on the traditional basketball team at eastern high school so you have a kid who not only is learning the lessons on a basket, an actual basketball court and with his teammates playing basketball, but he's applying those lessons and obviously accomplishing great things since he won the national championship in our esports forum as well. So for me, that's that is really important because I want esports to be a vehicle for not only kids who normally wouldn't play sports. Um, one of the one of the great. Uh, statistics that I like to talk always about is 45% of the kids who sign up for an esports team in our network, it's the first extracurricular activity they've ever done. So we are literally moving them off of doing nothing into doing something really productive, being part of a team, learning what competition is about, all those lessons we just talked about. But I also love the fact that you can blend 
kids who maybe are more casual gamers, right? Like like Taylor, they're out there playing basketball, mm-hmm. are, um, but they love playing 2K when they go home <laughs> with their friends or at night or on the weekends. And they're able to apply that into a, a sport as well. So it's really kind of cool. And I think, you know, part of my objective is to not only continue to get those 45% of the students to do something because, you know, that they're going to become better individuals and have richer experiences by doing something extracurricular and whether it's esports or anything, but in this case, we're getting them to do esports and that, that can be a lot of fun, but also expanding that participation universe to include those casual gamers uh, as well. I love that. And it's really interesting because like with Taylor's example, I can easily see, hey, and what are we doing in the basketball offseason? Well, yeah, we're playing outside. We're we're, we're never shooting around. But also we have an esports team. Right, right. Right. And we're competing together and we're keeping that glue together. And I suspect that a team that esports well together. Right. Wins basketball games together yeah, yeah. on it's, the road court, right? Because yeah, it's, it's, a continu- yeah, it's a continuation of their of their teamwork. Yeah, it's so they- cool. It's so cool. And I can really see that playing out specifically with real team-oriented sports. So, like we've got basketball, football specifically. Well, from your perspective and your experience yeah. on the platform, what are the esports that that translate the best to the physical world? Yeah, I think that certainly our traditional sports uh, titles can do that. And we see that, your, to your example, you know, we see a lot of our Madden teams uh, in football. Uh, mm-hmm. They sort of rise in participation in the spring because obviously it mirrors the actual fall football season, right? Um, so those are great titles. But really all the titles can provide, you know, great teamwork lessons. You know, Rocket League is another great example. What I think is really cool about something like Rocket League that maybe your your listeners don't uh, quite – um, know as off the top of their head is, you know, there's an entire Rocket League professional circuit. So think of it like the NBA or the mm-hmm. NFL, right? And our great partners and friends at Psionics who published the game, they actually invited the team that won the Rocket League um, state championship in Massachusetts to a Rocket League pro event this summer at Boston University at Gannis Arena, where Boston University uh, mm. plays their their hockey games and their basketball games. Um, so it's a big, you know, 15,000 seat arena. And they basically filled this arena for this Rocket League professional match. And the wow. kids who won the state championship for Massachusetts, you know, based on the graciousness of our, again, our partners over at Psionics, they were able to come in and view the match, meet some of the professional players. And in many ways, that's just like what we do with um, professional sports. Uh, one of my best experiences at EverFi that I think um, maybe will also help you and your listeners kind of understand why this inspired me to go do uh, come over here and lead yeah. play versus is we at EverFi, we really from whole cloth built many of the core signature education programs for our major pro sports leagues here in the US. So we started uh, with, a, with a program we did with the NBA around Black History Month. We followed it up with a program we did with the NHL around um, what's called Future Goals, using hockey to teach STEM. We then did a program with the NFL called Character Playbook, which mm. teaches kind of character education to young teenagers. We then did a program with Major League Baseball called Summer Slugger, which is provides content to help the summer learning slide. And then lastly, we did a program with Major League Soccer called Actions Matter, which is all about kind of an anti-bullying campaign. 
And so we had deep experience seeing the power of how sport inspired kids in the classroom. So one of the things that I'm really committed to doing is having more opportunities like we did with the Rocket League event, where you see kids who are playing esports also be inspired by those who are professionally playing esports. It's the same effect, just like when we would bring you know, kids to an open practice for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they would be in awe and they'd be learning about how different things on the ice were related to STEM, but they'd be just really excited to see, you know, their favorite professionals, you know, competing and participating. Um, we want to do the same thing with esports. So we want to, you know, we want to connect, you know, Taylor with the professional NBA 2K team and the players there and, and other opportunities to uh, to inspire kids to want to continue to compete, just like a you know a kid grows up wanting to be you know the next LeBron James in basketball, we think there's an opportunity also as we build the amateur space to want to inspire our participants in our scholastic space to want to be the next you know top professional player in wow. the for another title. Yeah, it's a completely paradigm shifting episode, I think, for a lot of our listeners. Like, hey, y'all, this is coming. No, it's here, yeah. and. You know, you've got leaders like John here who are creating the platform, the marketplace for it, the opportunity to for it to spread. And it can spread a lot faster even than pickleball because it is it's technology based. Yeah, and I, I've, I've interviewed a few uh, CEOs of gaming companies, yeah, specifically during the pandemic. Yeah. And one of the themes that comes up is like, "Hey, Ben, uh, gamers make great leaders because they're used to working together remotely." You know, they're, they're playing call of duty and they're on a mic and they're coordinating the game Yeah, and they don't, maybe they just know each other's first name, but they build trust, they build loyalty and they increase their performance by working together. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just makes so much sense. I couldn't agree with that more. It's a really wonderful uh, metaphor and in, in, in many ways, that is something we're trying to do as well. I appreciate you, you you telling that story because in many ways, what we're trying to do with our students who compete in the Play Versus platform is also expose them to opportunities, both at the collegiate level or at the career level. You know, we partnered with great organizations. There's an organization called uh, SPIN, uh, which is really um, Stay Plugged In. It's a, mm-hmm. a, a sort of an acronym for that. And uh, they are, we work with them to do events to shine the light on collegiate scholarship opportunities. One of the things okay. that's really you can get, you can get collegiate scholarships for esports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And in many ways, what's interesting, Ben, is that there, uh, well, maybe interestingly and sadly, and hopefully we're going to change this, is the industry is still growing and they're still participating. You know, there's still half the country that we still have to get going on esports. We're only working with about 25 of the states. Uh, we got 25 more to go. And there are often university scholarship opportunities that go underutilized or unutilized. Um, and so we want to make kids aware. We want to connect them. We want to work with great organizations like SPIN to do that because that's obviously a great vehicle to get assistance to get to college, right? The other thing we want to do, which goes back to your anecdote you shared from talking to those CEOs of the gaming companies, is we want to expose our kids who are playing and competing in our high school esports about what those career opportunities are mm. in technology, in video game development. One of the really interesting stories that uh, also knits my background at EverFi with my current role at Play Versus yeah. is I had the opportunity, just like I did with those professional sports leagues and building those programs, to build a great schools and community program with electronic arts. 
called Play to Learn. And that was mm. really, we designed using our kind of STEM education platform at Everfight, we designed a, a platform um, that helped uh, kind of a virtual world that kids could explore to learn how to become and what the skills they needed to learn to become a video game developer. Mm. So helping kids, especially in underrepresented and, you know, sort of communities that that are not necessarily, they're not thinking about their career path is to become a video game developer, to maybe spark a, you know, spark a, a, an idea in their head that there are some certain skills that they can study and they can become the next great video game developer at Electronic Arts or another gaming studio. And so we're really trying to, at Play Versus, provide those opportunities to the esports athletes that compete on our scholastic teams to say, hey, you know, mm. you could become a video game developer or, you know, focus on these areas of STEM education that will allow yeah. you to pursue those career opportunities. And so um, so it's really cool. And, and, you know, we're really bringing worlds together. You know, we work with Electronic Arts, obviously, through our work with the, the Madden game. They're the publisher of that game. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're talking to them about expanding the number of sports and other titles onto our, our platform with them, but also really combining it with that career opportunity. And then in many ways, you know, those are the types of kids, just like you said, who know how to compete remotely, know how to build trust remotely that are so valuable in today's economy. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. You're really at the intersection of so many things that are colliding. And yeah. I mean, in, in the next 10 years, I mean, they're just going to be hitting all over the place. The people de- developing the games, right. STEM in school, the companies right. like Madden who want to stay relevant. They want to keep growing and keep engaged. And part of the, to, to do that, they've got to reach the younger generations in positive yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, man, it's going to be really, really fascinating. And going back to your example about Taylor, yep. I can remember seeing, I don't remember exactly where it was, but they had quarter football quarterbacks playing Madden to yep. practice reading defenses. And oh, right, right, right. To, right. to boost their processing speed right. for a right. game environment. So that's the other thing is we're talking about like enhancing current collegiate and high school athletes' performance by playing the dang games on your platform. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be playing with more kids than they would because you have to make the team, right? you know, right. like in their school. But yeah. esports, you know, you could probably have a broader uh, participation level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's so highly inclusive. Um, One of the things I've talked to some of my, you know, friends I used to work with at the NFL and their clubs is, you know, you probably noticed a little bit NFL is trying to obviously, you know, be more inclusive, more co-educational boys and girls are, they're, they're promoting uh, flat football quite a bit in that Mm -hmm. regard, but playing a game like Madden virtually boys and girls can play it equally well. And frankly, just like, you know, flag football, you know, ostensibly is safer than 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 traditional tackle football. Obviously, um, <laughs> injuries are a lot less in esports. Yeah, there are no concussions unless you're throwing your controller at somebody. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. That might be the only the only risk. So, um, yeah, so it's it's it is there's great applicability. Um, and again, that's, you know, I think part of the the challenge we have is continuing. And that's why I really appreciate you having me on your podcast is is continuing to make folks aware of all the positives 
that come from esports. I think in many ways, sometimes there are, you know, sort of video game stereotypes that cloud everyone's vision of of the value um, when they're really like couch potato, right. not getting any exercise, staying up right. all night playing video games. Right. And, it, right. and it's so funny because, yes, you hear those stories, but I think most people don't fall necessarily into that category. Right. Didn't you read no. these? Like, I read some study where they talked about how video game players become great surgeons because they have so much dexterity in their fingers. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a great, it's a great yeah. one. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. So I've got so many questions and I have so little time. Uh, but so one of the questions I, I have for leaders listening in businesses today, sure, sure, yeah. or, you know, more traditional businesses, yep. their exposure to esports can be one through their own kids and want to interact with them. Maybe they're uh, remotely on a business trip. Yep. And I'm thinking, you know, esports could be a way to communicate and play games with them, you know, while they're remote. And yep. two, from a hiring standpoint, what should they be thinking about when it comes to esports? Yeah, I think that, that first of all, they should be thinking about the fact that what we just you know talked about a moment ago—that a lot of these uh, individuals who've competed in esports have really you know valuable attributes, right? They have that ability to communicate and coordinate remotely, uh, to communicate and coordinate with someone they may may not know that well, which you know more and more in today's kind of remote first or remote hybrid environment, that's going to be the case. There's going to be folks who get hired onto your engineering team that you don't know, that you've never met, that you've only met in this forum, and you got to find ways to build connection. Should it should employees, if they're eSport players, put it on their LinkedIn profile? I, I would absolutely say yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. How would that look? Would that look Madden champ, eSport champion or yeah, like are you yeah. seeing this out there today? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I okay. think that you you would proudly put it up just like if you said, you know, I was a Alabama high school state football champion for, you know, Hoover yeah, High okay. School or whatever, you know, you would you would say, you know, I you know, I I competed on or won a championship uh or was a three-time, you know, that's what's really cool about esports in many of our states is they have uh many of our states like I said about half of them their state associations recognize esports as an official varsity sport. So a student who's an esports athlete at a high school can earn a varsity letter. So you could put on your wow. LinkedIn profile, I'm a you know four-time yeah. varsity athlete on the like Taylor would put on the Eastern High School uh, NBA T 2K esports team, and I won the national championship in 2023. So I would definitely put that okay. on, right on. on your LinkedIn and on your resume. Yeah, good. I, I can see that happening very, very soon. I'm sure people already have it on there. Yeah. And when an employer sees it, make sure yeah. to mention this interview and ask them some questions about it. <laughs> and for, for a leader, he's like, you know what? I think this is cool. You know, we should do something within my company because my company's remote right. and I want to build, I want to build team interaction outside of uh, hey, let's have a virtual happy hour. Right, right. And right. I don't want to pay, you know, 50 grand to have everybody fly in and have a big soiree uh, in person necessarily all every quarter. Yeah. Are you are you all thinking about that problem? Is that something that you're looking to yeah. solve? It's a great question and um it's it's an area that we have not we've not uh gone after quite yet, but we've talked yeah. about it. In fact, we had a leadership meeting just a couple of weeks ago and uh 
you know, I've been obviously in seat now just, just under, you know, four or five months now. I can't do math. It's like, it's been a blur. It's been a lot of fun, but I started as CEO earlier this year at the, in June, but in previous um, years, the company had, had discussed the idea of working and allowing companies to set up sort of um, call it like pop-up competitions, right? Where oh, you yeah. have yeah. Um, used that as an opportunity to, like you said, instead of flying everyone in, it could be a bonding opportunity. Um, and you realize, you, you could quickly realize how many, you know, gaming enthusiasts you have amongst your employee ranks and you can run kind of pop-up tournaments on our competition platform. So it's certainly something we're thinking about. And, and in particular, w- one of the things that I'm trying to do with, with the business uh, itself is um it, which was really integral to our success at everfi mm-hmm. is um, you know at everfi we actually delivered our our platform in this case obviously the curriculum based learning platform mm-hmm. we actually delivered that at no cost to schools we didn't charge schools anything mm-hmm. we actually developed an ecosystem of organizations companies foundations sometimes government entities that are at a state level for instance who would actually cover the cost of the learning platform for those schools. Mm-hmm. And in many ways for companies, it became really a, a, a key pillar of their strategic, uh, you know, their corporate social responsibility objectives. In many ways, very similar to the examples I shared with you before about the pro sports leagues. Um, we became a, a core element of what they were doing in CSR for, for their communities. I think there's an opportunity to do that with esports. Um, one of the things that we're, going to work on and we'll have more to you know say about it as we finish the year and get into 2024 is we're going to try to develop a similar ecosystem where we can cut down the cost barriers for working with with schools but we're, you know, that that schools have to working with us and allow you know companies who want to engage with those communities to you know to to sort of invest and sponsor potentially you know kids in those communities because again, that's an interesting connection. Not only could we provide the opportunity for those companies to compete within their employee ranks, but wouldn't it be cool if we could allow those companies to reach into those communities and learn about who's the next great gamer, who could be their next great employee, right? All those yeah. reasons we talked about. Or their next great NIL investment. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially at a... I'm sure that's coming in some way. I don't yeah. know how that... Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably coming. Um, I, we're not quite there yet in, in esports, although you definitely certainly see that with streamers um, that are hopping yeah. in big, big, big uh, contracts for their, you know, for their their followings and and spreading words. But but yeah, we're trying to, um, you know, I think in many ways that's I, I would love to uh, you know talk to any of your listeners who would be interested in supporting this activity in communities they care about, communities they're trying to reach into, communities they're trying to build um, relationships with, because I think that's kind of uh, a big part of what we did at EverFi. We we went mm-hmm. in, we, we served communities, and in many cases, some of the poorest communities in our country who we provided opportunities for kids to get connected with a video game developer at Electronic Arts or to get, you know, connected with someone at Microsoft or someone, you know, uh, some, some or, or, you know, or to be inspired by, uh, you know, an NFL football player who's, you know, playing for the New Orleans Saints or something like that. We'd like to create that same ecosystem here at Play Versus where we have, you know, companies who are supporting our, our league activity, connecting with our athletes, providing them career opportunities. So, um, so yeah, so we not only will we help, hopefully 
be providing them a great internal gaming platform, but also an opportunity for them to work with with their communities. Yeah, so many cool possibilities with that. So starting to wind this up, fast forward 10 years from now, what does esports and schools and companies look like? Well, I'll tell you what, I still think we're at our really nascent stages as an industry. So I think Mm -hmm. participation will have exponentially grown. Um, So you not only have your, where esports, first of all, is just a, as traditional, a household name idea as trying out for the football or the basketball team. So that's certainly number Mm -hmm. one at the scholastic level. Secondly, we'll have exponentially increased the amount of students who compete in in those formal high school esports or middle school esports teams. So another really cool story about competition that was that I'm uh, excited about that happened r- earlier this year on uh, Labor Day weekend in Seattle. Uh, there's a big um, big you know kind of gaming esports conference that Nintendo put on uh, a sort of a auxiliary event called Nintendo Live. Mm. And what was really cool about it was we had two area high schools from Seattle competing against each other at the Nintendo Live event. So you've got all this crazy Nintendo, you know, um, characters running around and and energy and activity promoting Nintendo's uh, Mm. competitive play games. And these two high schools competed against each other. And then there's a YouTube clip, and I'll send it to you afterwards so you can share it with your listeners. Mm there's a host from the Nintendo team who interviews the coaches after um, the match. And I I can't remember what game they were playing. It might've been Mario Kart. It might've been another Nintendo game, but they played one of our titles. And when the the coaches and the kids get interviewed, you would think you were, they were talking about a traditional sport. It was the best of of three match. So one of the teams Mm. went down two matches to none. And they talk about how they had to kind of dig deep. They were down, you know, 2-0 and they had to find a way to win three matches yeah. in a row in order to, you know, win the, um, I'm sorry, so best of five. They win mm-hmm. three matches in a row to, to win the series. And they did and they felt great. And so it w- really was emblematic of the fact that in it from a team sense, just like the story with Taylor and a one-on-one sense as an NBA 2K player, esports can really mirror traditional sports. And you can hear those lessons from coaches and students. So um, in that case, it's uh, it was really fun. And we look forward to we're doing another event with Nintendo in January. So uh, more opportunities to ho- hopefully showcase our, our great esports teams. And then uh, next, I would say we, we want to provide more and more opportunities for informal competition, whether it be examples, like you said, within a company, whether it be uh, more open invitational tournaments that happen throughout the year, that kids who maybe don't feel like they have the time and the commitment to do, you know, to join an esports team, they can still compete in mm-hmm. one of those titles and, and, mm-hmm. and experience, uh, kind of have a taste of esports competition, and then maybe that leads them to participating formally on a team. But you know, here in the U.S. market in particular, you know, we have a big air, big room to grow. There's lots of kids who are out there gaming. Um, we want to, you know, show them that they can not only be uh, doing it in sort of a fun, casual way with their friends, but they can learn from the excitement both informally and formally of esports. So I want that to be more of a more of you know, the U.S. to be more mm-hmm. uh, robust in that in that sense. There are markets around the world in Asia and Europe where this is a a much bigger deal. We are behind them a little bit, but we we know the way to get there, 
And uh, that's what I'm excited about. It's why I'm, you know, it's why I took this, this leadership role is I want to build a really big organization that creates a very meaningful ecosystem for esports. And hopefully in 10 years, that'll be the case. All right, leaders, consider yourself warned. Esports are here. John and his group, his company, uh, they're leading the charge on this, Play Versus. And it sounds like it's going to be a fun road to go. And I asked you about half the questions that I hope to get to today. So we're about to do it again. Uh, but yeah, y'all check out Play Versus. I mean, there's so many ways to be creative and be involved. And it's a great way, it sounds like, to be involved in your community in a, in a more meaningful way. So thanks, John. All right, Ben. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.